1: Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforumc.org.
2: Hey, Rush Nation, before we get to today's show, which is an absolute banger, trust me on this, I want to tell you about the fantasy football playbook. Murph and I have been working really hard, blood, sweat, and tears have been pushed into our first publication it's a book about fantasy football shock this is a fantasy football podcast but it's got strategy guides for all formats rookie player profile reviews murph's pas metric which is exclusive to the podcast and the book head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk into the shop and go buy yourself the fantasy football playbook
3: everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush,
2: one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Oh, Rush Station, Murph here. How's it all going? It's Tuesday, best day of the week for Stocks and I. No Stocks today. Stocks is uh, dealing with a bit of a family issue um, that he's just dealing with. So uh, unfortunately, that just means... Um, it's not just me as always there is always someone that we bring in but um, it's been fantastic week so far we launched our ffcc competition on thursday 256 person best ball knockout tournament single elimination five drafts completed which is about 22 percent of them thank you to everybody who has donated we've raised over three thousand uh, dollars for all sorts of various charities if you haven't donated yet, please just uh, you know get online, donate £10, $10, €10, Euros, whatever it is, wherever you are in the world um, and just give a little something um, just to follow the commentary or if you're in the drafts to, to do that. It, they're all for great causes. Pick the cause that means the most to you um, and share the donation with the hashtag FFCC. But to everyone who's in that, thank you so much for doing that and I hope you're all enjoying the content online. Um, but it's enough about that and more about today's guest uh returning guest uh he is the man who you know knows next gen stats better than the most if not all people that i know at least um part of direct tv's fantasy zone uh, part of prime videos contact uh, c- content as well but he's also just launched his brand new podcast which i absolutely love the fantasy five podcast welcome back james Code, of five yard rush how are you
3: i'm doing great guys i appreciate you guys bringing back on and it's always great to talk to uh to the fans
2: across the pond. yeah well it's, it's great to have you um it's just you know always blessing whenever we get time to talk and and talk about you know you, you i can see your emmy in the background i just got a bit struck by that <laughs> if we didn't put it in the bio you've won a few of those as well so uh that just yeah. caught my attention um but yeah, what's what's been going on with you? Obviously, we're in we're, we talked a little bit beforehand. We're in a COVID situation, but yeah, yeah what, what's been going on since we spoke um, in the last sort of fifteen, sixteen months since we last uh, had you on the show?
3: has it really been that long. That's crazy, uh-huh. man. Um, but no, it's it's been far too long. I need to get back on the show more often. But no, it, it's been good. You know, we've just been uh, trying to get by. Uh, it's just a different world nowadays, right? So I've got my I've got my daughter in the back um uh, she's in the other room doing a little online piano lessons you know we're just trying to figure out how to give her like math workbooks and reading you know comprehension workbooks and stuff and I, it's like I was telling you you know just the whole you know keeping them occupied without giving them you know just loads and loads of tv is tough you know so being a parent being an educator um you know it's those th- those things priority a lot of times um, I just feel so far behind this year in regards to prep you know and I'm talking about NFL prep you know it's like I just got done with depth charts probably I don't know a couple weeks ago and and that's something that I would have done you know two months ago uh, under normal circumstances so Uh, just my workflow has been uh, extremely interrupted. And, um, but you know what, man, I consider myself lucky blessed because everyone I know in my inner circle is healthy and, um, and we've got jobs and, you know, we're making it work, man. So we just, I just feel blessed regardless and and I hope everyone else out there is doing well.
2: Yeah. I, I, it's an awesome message. And, uh, I completely agree. It's it's such a difficult world out there now, but we kind of settled into this isolation bubble. Um, I was speaking to some friends over the weekend. We had our showpiece sort of soccer cup final, uh, which my team won um, on Saturday. And it was bittersweet for me because amazing that we won it. We were the underdogs. It wasn't expected. It was a great feeling to watch it and to be part of it at the same token, I would have been there. You know, I haven't missed a final in in years. Um, And it's kind of that hit. I think it's the first time, you know, missing the league games was like, okay, this is bad, but it's fine. I can, I can make do with that. It was the cup. I was like, I genuinely feel like I miss life sports. now. Like I feel like it's, it's pulling me in. We've got no NFL this year coming over here, which is a shame, but yeah, I I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of one of those things i feel bad for moaning because people have got it a lot worse than, than you and i but on the same token you're allowed to miss certain things right but 100 but you've uh you know what have you been picking up i know you've been so busy but have you picked up any hobbies have you developed something a new skill i know people have learned languages <laughs> or have been doing courses i don't know you've been you've been up to anything picked up a new hobby or
3: yeah, the, the one hobby I've picked up certainly is, um, I've picked up a lot of baking. So, uh, it, it's actually really funny. You know, my love for baking actually, um, I've always loved eating baked. That's never been the issue, but actually going through the process of baking, uh, a lot of it stems from, uh, GBBO over there when, when I started watching Great British Bake Off and, um, and just, uh, all the amazing things that these guys were able to create. So, uh, that kind of inspired me to kind of get in the kitchen and and do it. And, and again, you know, what the hell else am I going to be doing (laughs) now? So I've been making a lot of, uh, a lot of different cakes and, uh, cookies and and brownies and stuff. So no, it's been good.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. We, we do love the the GGBR over here and, uh, you know, it's an English tradition and um we always try and get I you know, I went went to school in America and, you know, I I got a lot of friends over there and try and get them into into watching it and um we always have this thing whenever we go and see friends or family over in, in, in America that we always do something very British, whether it's an afternoon tea with some cakes or we do there an English go. roast dinner. But the problem is and I learned this the hard way, um there's a store which I know for for English folks um well for american folks wagmans you know we went there and uh, that store is expensive (laughs) i think we made stuff to get a a meal and it was like 50 bucks to do a meal at home i was like this is nuts it's just so so expensive but um Anyway, you, you know, on top of all the other things that you you're doing and, and occupying yourself and, and baking, you you also launched a, a new podcast in the last couple of weeks. So tell us all a little bit about that because I have been tuning in. I listened to the one that dropped today about Aaron Rodgers. It's it's yeah. phenomenal. And
3: well, thank you very much. You know, uh, the big thing for me is that um, you know I, I haven't been on a podcast for uh, two years now, and um, it's been a while. You know, so a lot of folks, you know, maybe listening to this podcast, maybe remember me um from the nfl fantasy live podcast when uh those glory days when we were you know breaking out shows and having a great time and you know it was myself marcus grant you know um you know matt Harmon franchise alex gelhar and we were just having a great grand old time and and i know that all of us you know the shows were, were were good and um we were having a great time and i think a lot of people resonated with it that resonated with a lot of people and um, we picked up a lot of fans just because we were having a lot of fun um, talking in front of microphones, right? But And that's something that I've missed, you know. And I, we did that show for, oh gosh, I was, I was doing that show for, you know, that podcast for four years, you know. And so to kind of be away for, for two years has been... It's been tough, man. Like I really love the podcast format. It's so much more wide open and and you can kind of take it any direction you want. You don't need to worry about, you know, commercial breaks and and those kind of things. So, um, so, but no, it's been good to be back. The fantasy five, uh, it's a, it's a concept that that I've had actually for a long time. You know, I've been, I was trying to push it when I was over at NFL network. I've been pushing with a, a few different folks. Um, you know, I, I got some preliminary talks with Radio.com and things like that, but it's it's a five-minute podcast, and it's something I'm calling a, a micropod. Um, it's a micropodcast series, just five minutes, and for me, the reason I believe in it is because I know there's a lot of folks like myself out there. I've got two kids. You know, I've got uh, – last year, I, had, I literally had – last year, I literally had seven different jobs, okay? Um, my tax return was insane. I had seven different jobs, and I've got two kids you know, trying to be a good husband, um, good father, all those things. I love podcasts. I don't have time for a lot of podcasts. Right. Um, so that being said, you know, I kind of want to develop a micro pod series where, um, you get five minutes and I just try to cram it in with as much fantasy information, um, as, as possible as necessary too. Right. So just talk, talk about, you know, moves, the fantasy fallout of such moves, and those type of things, but it's five minutes long. Um, I promise you, man, if you give it a try, and I really hope people just give it a try. It's five minutes. That's all it is. It, give it a try. I promise you it's, it's, it's pretty – it's very informative. It's pretty entertaining. Um, you get in, you get out, you get the information you need, and you move along your
2: day. 100%. I, and, and I couldn't vouch for it more, especially as you know, we're, we're in a world in, where we're all at home. And, you know, I, I subscribe to a lot of podcasts. I've had to really cut back because I used to commute for three hours a day. So listening to podcasts Mm. was easy. I don't do that anymore. My commute is 30 seconds upstairs, you know, and I don't get the breaks I used to, you know, I, I'm not able to, you know, sit around and listen to podcasts. i got a, a, you know, near one year old at home I got a wife, you know, there's, there's chores to do. You're always at home. So you can't get away from doing anything. Um, and I just find that I am struggling to catch up with everything. So I think not only is it a great and informative pod, but I think the micro pod is a really good concept, especially in this world. Like you, it, it couldn't be better timed because you, get, like you say, you get what you need to get out. There's yeah, the preamble, the introduction. I know we're doing one now. It, it's nice, and and it's kind of how our format goes. But you know, I think when it gets to the crunch, you're coming up to your drafts. You're coming up to the season. What you need is those waiver hits. Five minutes in and out. You know, your 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 start sits, ad drops, whatever it is. Five minutes. Thanks very much. See you later. I I can do this. I can action it. And and every time you do your part, and you've done I think three right um, of mm-hmm. the series now. You know, there's always something that leaves me thinking. And you know, I and I look at a lot of projections and do my own projections, do my own rankings. And you always make me go back and and look at something. So I mean, I'm not high on Aaron Rodgers this year by any stretch. But <laughs> I listened to your podcast today, and all of a sudden, I'm I'm looking and thinking at his touchdown totals, and thinking. And spoiler alert, you know, you talk about Aaron, you know, Rodgers and his touchdown totals today, and thinking maybe I'm just even a little higher than I should be. And you know, I, I have him like 16 on my board for QBs, so I don't have him overly high. But I'm thinking that like, actually maybe he's you know, one of the points you make, I'm not going to spoil it, um, makes a lot of sense. You think, okay, actually I need to, to think this. Um, so yeah, it's a it's great, I, you know,
3: you mentioned, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. you know, he, he's a guy and we'll get into it when you talk about, you know, the uh, players that, uh, that I'm lower on players that I'm higher on, but Aaron Rogers in it. And again, it kills me to say it because I love Aaron Rodgers. I think, you know, obviously first out of, Hall of famer, one of the, uh, in my mind, one of the five best quarterbacks of all time. Um, uh, but just I don't think the offense has done him any favors. I'm not a big Matt LaFleur fan. I, I'm, I, I think Matt LaFleur is, is not a good coach. I've got, you know, there's tons of um, advanced metrics that would, would suggest that as well. Um, but just overall, I, I, you mentioned him as a quarterback 16. I think that's about right. I think that's about right. But right now I think he's being drafted as like the quarterback eight. Yeah, you know maybe the quarterback nice. six, which to me i just I, I don't see him returning you know top ten quarterback value. so that's a big reason why i would have him lower and and look if you if you are a, a veteran uh, of the fantasy space, you know that once you get past the top five quarterbacks, you're pretty much waiting, right? so if you're you know if you're projecting aaron rodgers to be the quarterback twelve to sixteen, what, what are you even doing taking him in the, in the first 10 rounds? You know what I mean? You could just wait 13th, 14th round and basically find, you know, the exact same production, but you're getting it, you know, four, five, six rounds later. So I agree with you. I, I think quarterback 16, um, sounds about right. I wouldn't put him any lower than that. Um, but if he's down there in that range, you know, as a veteran season fantasy player that, there's no reason to take a quarterback in the first 12 picks if you've got him that low.
2: Absolutely. And you know, there are so many players that you can evaluate differently. We'll get into that when we talk about some players, but, but that's what I mean is you gave a piece of insight and people think like, Oh, five minutes, you know, what can you get out of five minutes? You it's right. every podcast, You get me thinking about something. You think, right. Okay. I'm going to go look at this. And, and that's why it's great. So everybody, please go. We'll put a link to the, the pod in the show notes. Um, definitely go check it out. As James says, it's five minutes. If you don't, then you're the one missing out, not him or us. So, Yeah. Uh, um, but let's talk about, you know, what's going on about COVID. And, you know, we get a lot of questions. We get a lot of people talking to us about strategy and, um, and what to do. And we, we're obviously in the, the middle or towards the end. Now of these opt outs. We've had some players opt out for very serious health reasons and, and others opting out because they've got family that they've got health issues or they just don't want to be part of this. And, Completely understandable, and I'm glad that none of these players are getting judged for wanting or for choosing not to play. But in terms of, it's a difficult question because I don't think there's a specific answer. But in terms of these opt-outs, what are your thoughts for the the 2020 season? What can fans expect now? One over the next couple of days on do we expect there are going to be more names opting out, and two in terms of just Fantasy in total, like because the of the potential knock-on effects of these opt-outs and and slightly different depth charts and uh, d- the different way that the teams might operate, especially with people like Doug Peterson who have got the virus and have to be at home. Like, what what can we kind of expect? I appreciate it's quite a tough question.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um. Look, the 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 thing for me right now is, and the players have until Thursday um to either you know stay in or or opt out of the season um so you know that that time is coming you know just in a couple days here so we'll have some clarity in terms of the opt-outs but with the way the game is played um and there will be travel in the nfl season there's just no way around it um guys are going to get sick guys are going to get it um it's just it's an impossibility to me um, that it wouldn't happen. Hopefully, hopefully by, you know, we're, we're hoping by at some point during the season, maybe there will be more clarity, more answers on the medical front, but that's not this podcast. You know what I'm saying? That's something else, man. (laughs) But the way I'm approaching it, um, I honestly just kind of approach it as another injury and it's obviously foot Football is, and, and fantasy football, um, you know, we talk about the injuries a lot. And, and to me, this is just another thing um, that folks will get. Um, you know, injuries will occur. Um, you know, of course, it's not happening on the field. Um, well, I guess you could make an argument that it is happening on the field. But, um, but the bottom line is I think, I think you need to start adding some, you know, injury spots uh onto rosters you know if you wanted to add an extra bench spot for depth yeah the waiver wires will be thin this year look the bottom line is this to me there are going to be a lot a lot of unknown commodities doing things there's going to be street free agents because guys are going to get sick and and you know they're going to go and find rando dudes off the street uh to play football Uh, practice squad guys are going to be getting called up, you know, waiver wire guys are going to get, you know, you know, claimed. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because there's going to be so much volatility in terms of random guys scoring touchdowns or random guys producing. Um, But to me, I think that's just part of fantasy football. That's just part of football. At least that's what I'm trying to tell myself. Um, And we just try to move forward in, in that way. So, I I just, you know, from a day to day, like how we're, how we're dealing with it. I I just, I don't think there's a lot of change necessary other than you do need to add, I think as a commissioner, a couple of spots uh, for injuries.
2: Yeah, I I agree with that. So we've got as a standard for all of our listener leagues, book leagues, uh, people who bought our book, people who listen to the podcast and we open them up. We're doing, so we host most of these leagues on Sleeper. Sleeper actually have COVID designations. Uh, for IR so the good thing is you can't even have people try and exploit it by you know you could have settings such as out for IR but that could be someone who's just you know not playing could be a a healthy scratch could be a slight injury scratch you know they have to be on the COVID-19 approved list dynasty leagues they've put a nice option for people that opt out so you can stash them on the IR for the year and then pick somebody else up so they they sleeper would be really good as an app to for a fantasy app to 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 adopt this and you know we've put four five six spots in depending on the type of league it is um and then we'll just see how we go with that but there's it's interesting because we were stuck with this decision we started our charity tournaments at the start on thursday we're in a couple of other drafts to decide to postpone until all the opt-outs were done but we decided, obviously, with 256 people, it's, it's a bit much to try and move that. So the rule that we came up with during the draft, which is going on now, that if a player, if a fantasy player drafts a player who opts out, when it's their turn to pick next on the clock, they'll be able to take that player that they selected, whether it was round one, round seven, whatever round it was, and be able to swap that out for someone who's available on the board. So you're you're still getting a bit of a penalty in the sense of right? if a round one player opts out, which we probably don't expect, um, and you're in round nine, you're having to get a player who's eight rounds below the board, but that person is still going to be better than waiting till the end of the draft and enacting the waiver wire or because this is best ball, you wouldn't have a chance to replace him. You just have to use a player yeah, right. that you draft right, later, right, right. later on. So that's yeah. how we kind of got creative with that opt out, and actually the move was way well received. We've luckily not had to use it, um, which is which is good. And we'll see what happens in the coming days. But have you got any other suggestions, other than some extra spots where people can get? People are worried about drafting and want to just postpone till the very last minute, but it's actually then probably not great for people to do that um, for timings and sort of trying to cram a draft. Or what some other ways that people could potentially, for commissioners, get creative with COVID to to make it an equal and fair league, other than just adding some spots.
3: I just, you know, and it's such a tough question because, honestly, it's such an unprecedented thing. I just don't think fantasy is built right now um, to really deal with it. I just, it's almost like, and I, and I know this is not a great answer, but you just got to change your, your philosophy and your mindset. You know what I mean? You kind of have to just roll with it and, and, and know that this is going to be a, a weird um, and wacky year and, and kind of just know that it's going to be extremely volatile. I mean, like I said, there's going to be street free agents. And you know what that means? There are guys that are not in the game, not in the game. You could, it, there's going to be guys that are, you could not even pick up that are going to produce uh, in fantasy this year. So how do you, I mean, again, how do you work around that from a, from a, you know, product standpoint i don't know how you do it you know so it's just such a it's very tough man It, it is just so tough the game the game is just and we're talking about fantasy is just not equipped um to deal with something like this where there will be in my opinion there will be a good number of guys who are currently not in the league um producing you know stats Uh, and and they'll just have to figure it out from there. So it's going to be tough.
2: Yeah, it's almost going to be like a 10X of what we see every year, like 2018 is the year of C.J. Anderson. And 2019, it was guys like Greg Ward and Boston Scott who you know were nobodies and then all of a sudden come along and become relevant. And I I think you're right, but I think it kicks in a bit earlier in the season. Um, So in terms of some – strategy for drafts because you know the one thing I'm seeing is people aren't afraid to take backup quarterbacks uh in big formats you know in in larger drafts 20 22, 24 man plus drafts um people aren't afraid to take you know I was I, in my best ball draft I took Chad Chad Henney as, as backup to my Patrick Mahomes because ah. it's a position you, you know you need to ensure and it's like, well, I've got 21 other guys. I'd rather pick Chad Haney who, if he has to play for whatever reason, he's going to protect my position at quarterback. All right, he's no Patrick Mahomes. But rather that than take a flyer on, on a Greg Ward uh, in the 22nd round who might or might not produce. Like Chad Haney might do nothing all season, but if he has to come in, I've shored up the, the position. And that's one way that I'm trying to think about getting creative. But are there's there some ways in which – players need to address their, their, their drafts and perhaps break from the norm and, and draft and invest in positions they wouldn't normally as much?
3: I think you're smart in doing that with Chad Henny, especially in ball because you got no pickups, right? Um, yeah. I think in standard redraft leagues, you know, I think Henny could still stay on the waiver wire. Uh, you can, you know, kind of wait and, and see if something, you know, we're hoping obviously nothing happens to any of the star players, but if something does, um, certainly we'll make those moves at that time. You know, you talk about somebody like Henny in that Andy Reid offense, and it's just, that is such a smart move because I don't care who you are, Andy Reid's gonna coach you up. You know what I mean? Um, he's gonna make, he's gonna put the best scheme in front of you, uh, for you to, to succeed. So to me, I think that's a very, very smart move. Um, I think, I think even in redraft, you kinda sort of, you know, hinted at it, and, and I think you hit it right on the head. Which is, to me, you have to draft two quarterbacks. Um, even in standard redraft, draft, if there are guys that you really like, um, man, I, I think drafting two quarterbacks this in this particular year is absolutely necessary because, um, as you mentioned, you know, we're hoping nobody gets sick, but if they do, you know, what what are we really looking at uh, in terms of the waiver wire? Um, that's going to be tough. So I think even, I, I think if you're even a, uh, you know, you don't need to be in some monster 24 man league, but even if you're in a 12 man league, if you have, you know, a, a borderline starter, I, I probably, you know, am thinking about, um, you know, if, if you've got like a Cam Newton who you're not even sure is going to start the season, you know, uh, if you've got Cam Newton, you, you want to back that off, you know, so just kind of, uh, playing hedging your bets a little bit I, I think that's a smart move uh and something that I will certainly be employing uh in my drafts as well
2: yeah I, I just think in in this scenario especially super flex leagues I think you you're so much better off taking if you're playing in a 22 deep roster you know I I don't think taking four QBs is, is a big deal I even think if you if you could stretch to five just because that position in a super flex is so volatile They right. if, you, if you have a couple of guys, you know, you've already got Matt Stafford and guard them into you. If they don't make the season, that's two starters gone. Where are you going to go? I think you've right. got to have the depth for the position because one, you'll get a positional advantage over your opponents because you'll have the cover. They potentially won't. And, and two, you just know that you'll always play two quarterbacks every week um, because you will always have the guy, which is, I guess what you need to do, and do you know what? If if it's not looking likely that these guys are getting sick and the rates are going down, which is great for everything, drop the guy for someone else. Week one, week two, you know, it's sure. not it's not sure. a, not a big deal. But yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting way. I I, I don't know how you approach wide receivers, and so yeah, still a lot to work out. But it's, it's definitely interesting. The ADPs since these opt outs have gone absolutely nuts because these guys are just their ADPs absolutely tanked through the COVID news, and there's some that are really signed to prosper. But moving to that then, in terms of assuming we get a season, which I'm pretty confident we will in some form and capacity, we've already talked about Aaron Rodgers, but let's talk about some players who you are personally higher on than consensus um, and players you think are going to massively outperform their, their ADPs as they stand uh, right now. So have you got a couple in, in sort of each position that you want to highlight?
3: why well i just have a couple total you know um and one of them i talked about on the podcast today but i think carlos hyde is certainly a player that is being wildly underdrafted right now um per next gen stats right um well first of all let, let me just say the price right so like carlos hyde is going right now um somewhere in you know outside the top 150 <laughs> which is to me, uh, a bit of a surprise. Uh, Rashad Penny's going to start the season on the pop. Uh, he tore his you know, ACL in week 14, so very late into the season. I would be – I mean, I would just be stunned uh, if he played um, any time in the first six weeks. So I think he'll start on the pop. I think he's going to miss the first six weeks as per the rules, um, and then we'll see. You know, I mean, it, just because, you know, he – takes nine months off doesn't mean um that he will be ready to go so um carlos hyde to me is a fantastic player by the way um i I think he's a great scheme fit for what seattle wants to get done again per next gen staff seattle running backs uh among all running backs right seattle ran the ball between the tackles so we're talking about design you know power run plays uh just design plays Echo between the tackles. They ran it the third most in the NFL. Um and also for next gen stats. Meanwhile, Carlos Hyde was one of the most productive inside runners in the NFL. I loved the guy last year for Houston. Uh they ran a lot of shotgun power that went, you know, right between the tackles, and I thought Carlos Hyde looked fantastic. As a matter of fact, I had him rated as the sixth best inside runner last year. And for next gen stats, he actually compiled the second most yards between the tackles, second only to uh, Christian McCaffrey <laughs> to kind of give you an idea of how productive he really was in between the tackles. So, um, I just think he's a great scheme fit for what Seattle wants to get done. And you're taking a guy, you know, at, outside of the top 150. So, uh, this is somebody you're, you're getting, you know, 12th, 13th, 14th round. He's going undrafted in a lot of spots. So for me, he's somebody that I absolutely would be targeting
0: and, um,
3: And again, I could if he adapts well and picks up that playbook, man, um, he's going to vastly outperform ADP because I just don't see Seattle going with a one-back set. I don't see Chris Carson, and I love Chris Carson. I you can go back. I've written you know love poems about Chris Chris Carson. (laughs) I I love the kid. Um, He's a Mack truck down there, man. He he's great. Uh, That being said, they're not going to give him the ball you know, 30 times a game. It's just not going to happen. Uh, we've moved on from that NFL, okay? So, and especially in Seattle, we've seen it. It's going to be, you know, um, once they move, w- once they got past Marshawn Lynch's prime, uh, it's a two-back rotation, okay? And and that's what we're going to see. So, uh, to me, I think Carlos Hyde is going to get a lot of burn. I could see him getting, you know, anywhere between 12 to 15 touches a game. And you're getting him in the 12th round? Sign me up. Sign me up all day long. Hey, he's a good player, guys. He is a good player, and this is a great scheme fit for him. Uh, I do think uh, that he will outperform ADP, especially in the first six weeks of the season. I
2: think you know, that's a great bet. I think there's two guys there in that range that I think are huge bets to massively uh, outpunt their their ADP. One, as you mentioned, Carlos Hyde, because I think from the ground from the get-go, I think he's he's a great person that will get going. I think the other one is Keyshawn Vaughn because I don't think he's going to do much in the very beginning and people are worried about this backfield, but you know, you look at Arians comments and what he says in the, in the combine, he wants pass catchers and pass protectors and Keyshawn Vaughn will do both. That guy's not getting off the field. It's just not going to, I mean, it's going to take a while, especially with COVID Shady's there. There's going to be a bit of a transition. Rojo is nothing to worry about. I think those two, if you can snag them both, if you are late in the draft, you are twizzle that 12, 13 turn. I think you could snag both and, really do something with, with both of them towards the season, trade them off later on if you've got plenty of depth or get yourself the pieces or just have them for the playoffs, you, you're you going to be in great shape.
3: Keyshawn Vaughn's an interesting one to me because I I like him as a player. Um, I, I'm not like a big, you know, um, scouting dude, but um, the of reports that I've certainly read on Keyshawn Vaughn is that maybe he might struggle a bit in pass pro, um, that's an area where I think LaShawn McCoy is actually very good. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned uh, with Vaughn's role uh, in that regard. Uh, you know, he's, like I said, he's a very interesting one because I, I would, you would think that all the signs indicate that that Vaughn should be that guy. I, I agree with you. I, I don't think Rojo is the answer, um, but once they added LaShawn McCoy, I, I get a little bit, it gets a little bit dicey for me. Um, I just, I think that LaShawn might cut into, um, his overall, you know, passing down work and, and I still think Rojo is is, a, is got the slight advantage in the early down work. Man, it's tough to say. I, and again, I, I go back to kind of Bruce Arians too, because Arians is the guy that um, likes veterans, you know? So I, I, I almost wonder, especially early on in the season, will he try to give LaShawn McCoy every every opportunity to kind of claim that job? Because he really um, has tended to, to lean towards his veterans um, and really kind of away from younger players. So I, that's something to keep an eye on. And, and, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn I think is a good player, certainly third round pick. Um, and, and obviously Tampa's high on him. Uh, but, um, and it, it's a crowded room back there with Ronald Jones, uh, Vaughn, and now LaShawn McCoy.
2: Yeah, it is. I, I think I, you know, I think at the beginning, it's going to be definitely Rojo and Shady's job because, you know Vaughn's not going to be there I just I like that late round gap if I'm looking at guys in that range other than high and you're looking at the guys you can get there you know you might get Anthony McFarland and you're betting on an entry to Connor okay I I get that everything else around there you're just picking guys like you're just kind of hoping that something is going to happen and if I had to pick a guy in that range that I think has the potential to get a job towards the end of the season, the playoffs and really eat into share, you know, Mm -hmm. Vaughn's probably my pick of everyone down there, but yeah, it is a tough situation. I've kind of been fading that backfield a lot. And I've been picking up some shares of Vaughn 14th round because, Hey, the fourteenth round, right? <laughs> you either hit or you miss. Yeah, if you, if yeah. Home, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I like to have guys on my roster who are very easy cut decisions to for my waivers. So um, I hear you. It's never a big problem. But who who else are you are you thinking is going to massively outpunt their their ADP? So we've got Carlos Hyde. Is there another name you can share with us?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I love Anthony Miller this year
2: uh, in Chicago. I, I think he is
3: the stench of. 2019 Chicago Bears, uh, I think, has driven the, the price tag down for almost all of their assets. You know, we're talking about Allen Robinson, David Montgomery. All, all these guys are going, I, I think, a round or two or three uh, lower um, than they probably should, just given their overall share in the offense and volume and, and all of those things. But Anthony Miller, to me, is just about as surefire pick a pick as you can make you know to me he's a slot receiver as a matter of fact um i'll go back to next stats again anthony miller saw 90 percent of his targets last year from the slot so i, I get that when you kind of look at him he, he's kind of this bigger body dude and you're thinking oh he might be able to play outside maybe that's the case but the bears don't see him that way the bears certainly see him as a slot receiver and uh that's where he got almost all of his looks um for me, the big addition is the addition of offensive coordinator Bill Lazor. And I just think he could unlock Anthony Miller this year, who, again, is entering that third year as a wide receiver, which, remember, is, is traditionally been a, a period of growth for a lot of receivers out there. Um, but Bill Lazor, when he was a, the OC with the Bengals, and he had everyone healthy in Cincinnati for the first eight games of the season, so we're talking about a healthy Andy Dalton, Healthy A.J. Green, healthy Tyler Boyd, healthy Joe Mixon, Gio Bernard. So he had a full complement of players. Andy Dalton threw into the slot 40% of the time. And Tyler Boyd went crazy in that stretch, okay? We know Tyler Boyd's that inside receiver, that slot guy. He averaged, you know, six receptions, 80 yards per game. He also had five touchdowns in those first eight games as well. So, um, that's tremendous, tremendous production. Now is Anthony Miller and Tyler Boyd, are they, are they, you know, the same player? No, of course not. You know, we got a different quarterback here Andy Dalton, I think is a, is a, um, is a professional quarterback. I think Mitch Trubisky is certainly learning the position still. um, But, and so there's going to be, you know, some growing pains there. So I understand the hesitation uh, with Anthony Miller, but, I just like I said. I think from a volume standpoint, um, from a growth standpoint, um, Anthony Miller to me is just about a sure, as surefire pick as you can get in PPR. In PPR, and I, I know I'm kind of you know dressing it up
2: a little bit, but Anthony Miller uh, in PPR
3: to me is an auto pick uh, for where he is going in drafts.
2: Uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. You, you saw flashes of what he did in 2018. Um, we saw some flashes down the stretch in 2019. Let's not forget, you know, his early season numbers in 2019 were reflective of a shoulder injury that he had. In fact, I think he was playing with it in 18 and still putting up big numbers. So, you know, I I absolutely love that pick. I think Anthony Miller, there's so many guys, you know, wide receiver is so interesting this year because I can't subscribe to zero RB at all given the amount of depth there is at, at wide receiver because there's so many guys that are going to be on the cusp of that you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three range. There's going to be a big chunk of maybe fifteen, twenty guys that are going to be in a group of a spread of maybe twenty-five points, thirty points, maybe. Mm. And all these guys have the potential to be solid wide receiver twos, maybe even touching the, the the end of the wide receiver one conversation. Guys like Miller in PPR, Deontay Johnson's another. There's just so many guys. Like I don't know why you, you would. Invest so early in, in wide receivers and fade running back when there's massive position scarcity at running back and it just isn't there in wide receiver.
3: It's true, um, you know. I, I've tried a couple of different mocks where you know where I go zero RB and yeah, it's a little dicey. You know, it gets a little bit dicey. Although I, I still do believe there is a place for zero RB this year, um, but it, it's just it's just more difficult to navigate. You know, especially at the top of the draft where there are certain players. You know, uh, from a running back position are gonna get volume. So you're, you know, and again, fantasy football is so much of a volume game that you, you're, you're playing with fire. And who knows how it turns out? Um, I know that there's been a lot of, you know, ink, you know, spilled about how zero RB is the way to go, no matter, no matter what the class is. But wow, well, I tell you, you do have to thread that needle a little bit and, um, you really do have to play pretty well, uh, and really understand. Uh, fantasy football and really understand you know player movement scheme fit um, all of those things t- to make it work out and if you do hey tip of the cap to you but I think for the most of us uh, that play this game I'm mean, even for myself I mean even for myself I, I find it very difficult um, to do zero RB so um, so that's something that I kind of sort of keep in mind especially when I'm giving advice to folks that I know are not pouring in you know uh, 20 hours a week <laughs> looking at, you know, depth charts and skin yeah. fit and stuff like that. So uh, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult, but, uh, but certainly I think there will be a place for zero RB and a lot of folks will uh, employ it, but, uh, but man, it, it, it does get pretty tough.
2: Yeah, it, it does. But I think that's the great thing is we all have many different ways in which we want to scale, you know, scale the mountain, uh, the mountain and Ultimately, you don't win your title on draft day. It's all about what you do in season. So, yeah, as you say, if you're seasoned um, and you can navigate the wires and the waters, I think ultimately the, the winner of titles this year will be the people who react to what's going on. And I think it's so volatile this year, be the people that can read the tea leaves, can just get ahead of things and just get very, very smart and also probably be the most active player in their league. I think... You, you need to be active more than any other year I think if you want to win I mean if this is just a bit of fun a bit of banter then obviously you, you take it as seriously as you choose but if you, you you want to make hay at the end of the season you you got to be sharp because one wrong move could could tank it but what sure. about some guys that you are potentially fading over over consensus with a couple of minutes left so just uh one or two guys that you think uh being over drafted. We've had Aaron Rodgers, but is there anyone else that you feel that our audience should be fading?
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, one guy that I've kind of circled is, is Melvin Gordon. You know, he, he's going somewhere near the end of the third round in 12 teamers, you know, outside of the top 35, but um, he's just somebody that I, I don't think this is a team that is going to be playing from ahead very often. And I know Vic Fangio, you know, they're going to want to keep that ball on the ground, keep their defense protected, but I just don't think I look at their defensive roster and I think it's going to be a little bit of a problem. Um, and it's just a crowded backfield anyways. Um, I really like Philip Lindsay. I think he's a very good player. Uh, I think Melvin Gordon, um, is an okay player, but I don't think he's great by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, going in that top 35 to me just feels a little rich and he's a player that, I don't care how many mocks I do in that price range. I'll just, I'll never take Melvin Gordon. I mean, there are other players that I will gladly take um, ahead of him. And we're talking about Alan Robinson, DJ Moore, Amari Cooper. You know, if you're looking at running back, I love Jonathan Taylor uh, this year. He's in that similar price range as well. Um, so I just, I don't see it. Um, I think Melvin Gordon certainly is a player that I think is being overdrafted. If we're going to the wide receivers um, I, I can't believe I'm picking all these cow guys, but Marvin Jones to me, man, I, I just look, he's got a top 100 price tag and I don't see it. I, I really do not see it. Um, he saw 91 targets last year, 91. That's sub 100. That's not good. Um, that is firmly in the wider receiver three range. He had 779 yards, so sub 800 yards. Also, not great as a number two receiver uh, in that Detroit offense. And his fantasy value was absolutely, you know, salvaged by the fact that he had nine touchdowns in 13 games. But you got to remember, four of those came in one game against Xavier Rhodes in a completely washed up. Um, and downright bad Minnesota Vikings secondary. So I'm just, I'm not trusting the volume at all. I think, you know, Pencil bro, AKA Matt Patricia, he clearly wants to run the ball. Uh, Detroit was 17th in passing attempts last year, by the way. Okay. So I think this year they've got, you know, Deandre Swift to go um, along with a, a, another fantastic running back as well. So They've got two viable running backs that I think can each take home, you know, 15 to 18 carries each, each, right? So that's – I'm just looking at the – I'm searching for the volume. I want that volume. I want Marvin Jones to be a successful player, you know, but Kenny Galladay is is the clear-cut number one guy in this offense. I think tight end TJ Hawkinson also will take a step forward. I'm I'm struggling to find where the volume and the consistency will come from. I think week to week he's gonna be an extremely volatile player. Um and it and if you want him in, in best ball, by all means, hundred percent, he's that guy. But in in standard redraft, um, especially in PPR, even in the top one hundred, I, I I'm I am struggling, like I say, uh to find value in Marvin Jones.
2: Do you know what? It's an interesting point because the the Lions have. I is it as many as sixteen players on their COVID reserve list now? It, it's north of eleven, twelve. I thought you know it, it's updating all the time. Uh, you know most of their offense, ha- uh, you know, are, are out with COVID. You know, it's not talking about we're taking one player out of that system. Like you know, okay, Matt Stafford has COVID. Okay, yeah, that's bad. You get a backup quarterback in. You know, David Blau will come in. He'll throw some reps in practice these guys aren't going to practice. golliday has got it. Hawkinson's got it. You know, all of a sudden you're talking about most of that offense is, is out for two, three weeks. We've got five and a bit weeks left till the season starts. Like, right. Those guys aren't going to be ready week one. So you almost have to factor in every single member of that Lions offense has to be taking a dip down in their first few weeks because their first few weeks is going to be preseason because none of them are going to be conditioned and ready. And that's if, they're asymptomatic at best and aren't suffering from symptoms right. of an illness. So I, I, I've got to the point in drafts now where I'm just, I don't think I want to take anyone because I think it's going to take so long to get anything going. From It's going to be a quarter of a season before they start putting up numbers. We saw what Zeke was like with, with no preseason. and no He was terrible for three games, and that's at the running back position. So, yeah, I i was really high on Jones at the start because you, know, you look at the, the cases of his numbers, and I know they're not great. Two of those starts were ones he left due to injury. You think, okay, with Matt Stafford there, you think, fine. They take Swift, you think, okay, well, he's still in the ninth round. He's probably worth a bit of a flyer in that range, perhaps. There's better guys there, but if the draft ball falls a certain way, you think maybe. But now I just don't think I want anyone in that offense because I just think they're never – I don't think anyone outperforms their ADP in that Lions offense now because it's just going to be a diminishing return. I think the Jags is almost the the same way with the amount of cases they've got.
3: Yeah, sure. I mean, look, I'll, I'll take DeAndre Swift because you know his athletic profile is just electric, you know. And and again, you know, I think Pensilbro does want to run the ball um, as much as humanly possible. I, I do think the volume will be there for 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 Swift. Um, the wide receivers, I, I you know, Kenny Galladay is is in the mix. He's such a great player. You know, he's just such a great player. you, 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 you have to at least you know consider him. Uh, where he's going, um, you know, end of the second round, beginning of the third round. He's just so talented, you know, and, and to me, I think his role as the top dog in that, you know, passing game uh, to go along with a pretty good quarterback in Matt Stafford. We don't talk about Matt Stafford enough, but no, um, uh, he, he's still a good player um, and he's still competing at a very high level. So um, I, I, he's somebody that I would consider, but just it's the volatility of Jones that, is scaring me off you know i think there will be weeks where he outperforms kenny galladay it's just how do you know when those weeks are coming um and in redraft leagues that's that's tough i mean he could be a weak killer um for you if you're trying to sit him and, and play him you know either as a flex or as a um as a wide receiver too if he's your wide receiver three i'm okay with that i'm absolutely 100 percent okay with that but as a wide receiver two, it's tough man that is tough. That's a tough way to live. Um, you just don't know what you're going to be getting week to week from Jones just because simply I, I just don't think the volume is there uh, for him to be a consistent contributor. So we shall see.
2: Uh, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating season. Um, I think the Lions are almost nailed on for a top five pick again. Um, and your boy, Pencil I think might not have a job at the end of the season. So yeah. uh, unless Swift uh, carries them to I don't know, something spectacular. I, I can't see it, especially with the the hand they've been dealt to start with. But, James, this has just been incredible to have you back on. We'll make sure it's not as long as it has been in, in between, and we'll get you back on uh, relatively soon. But why don't you tell everyone in Rush Nation where they can find the podcast, um, your work, wherever you're contributing now, um, where you are on Twitter, anywhere, promote yourself. And um, yeah, cause you, you're a great follower. You interact with so many wonderful people and you just are so good with, with Twitter followers and you interact with them a lot and answer a lot of questions. So yeah, tell them where they can find you and, and get some knowledge.
3: Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you saying that. I, I do take pride um, and I do try to go out of my way to um, interact with as many folks as possible that reach out to me on Twitter. So if you do want to do that uh, by all means at James D. Coe, my last name is spelled K O H um, I, I mean, I'm going to be in a, a lot of different spots, uh, direct TV fantasy zone for those folks who are stateside. Um, you know, Amazon Prime, uh, they're going to be, you know, bringing back NFL next, which should be a lot of fun for me. Um, but you know, I'm really just pushing the podcast right now. And, and again, I just feel, I just believe in it very strongly that there is a space for micropods and we just don't see micro podcasts right now. Um, At least not there's certainly not one in the fantasy space so five minutes of your time that's all i'm asking for give my show two listens that's 10 minutes of your time total um and and i promise you man i'm I'm gonna give you information it's gonna be entertaining um and we're gonna have fun and and i would love for people to give my show a try uh just to see if it fits with what they do you know five minutes of your time it's it comes out three times a week so um, it's 15 minutes a week.
2: Yes, which in is one week.
3: Less, yeah, in one week, which is less than you know, which is less than like half uh, of your uh, uh, of any other fantasy show out there. So, um, and again, I, I'm gonna keep it moving, man. So it'll be fun. Um, and I really want people to give it a try. It's the Fantasy Five. Um, but yeah, if you find me on Twitter or on Instagram at James Deco. Um, I'll be more than happy to, to interact
2: and, and answer fantasy questions and those type of things. Absolutely. Go give the fantasy five a list and give it one week, three shows, you know, give it a try. I guarantee you'll, you'll continue to keep it in your podcast rotation because no matter what everyone says, everybody has five minutes, uh, especially for someone as great as James, but James, thanks very much for, for coming on and, and sharing some knowledge and, and skilling up, uh, or up, uh, Leveling up our, our listeners, uh, <laughs> we really appreciate it.
3: I appreciate you guys having me on anytime.
2: Great, and everybody who's been watching the stream, or if you're listening to this on the podcast, and it comes out late Tuesday, maybe early Wednesday, depending on uh, where stocks is at. Um, you know, we do have the live stream on Twitter. We you can also go back and watch the stream on Twitter. So find it in our handle. Uh, you'll be able to watch the show before most people and get that knowledge and get those waiver claims sorted. Um, that's the quickest way to watch the show. It'll also be on YouTube and many other places. So uh, check out the video version. You get to see James and his Emmys in the background because I'm dazzled. By yeah. them. <laughs> uh, and many other great things. But until next week, Rush Nation, where we'll bring you another guest. Keep rushing.
0: Thank mm-hmm.